0: If you got your Bibles, which I hope you do, I want you to travel with me to John chapter three, John chapter three, okay, okay, John chapter three, I'll give you a second to get there. I hope you're there already. John chapter 3, we read about a man in need of a Savior. His name is Nicodemus. And he's not just your run of the mill, normal, average guy, it's a story about a guy who is in need of a Savior. You know, church, we're all in need of a Savior. Not just Nicodemus, not just the Gentiles and the Jews of yesteryear, but we're all in need of a Savior. So if you're in John chapter 3 and verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God, for no man can do these miracles, that thou doest, except God be with him. Nicodemus had a slight problem here. See, he didn't know Jesus was God. (laughs) So Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Again, a confused young man. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not at what I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it lists, and thou hast the sound thereof, but cannot tell once it came, and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we know, that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things, and ye believe not, How shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Whatsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He's talking about whoever believes in the Lord Jesus shall have eternal life. Father, I thank you again this morning. I thank you for your word. Lord, I ask now that you would just, Father, speak it into our lives. Lord, let these words impact us. Let him change us. In Jesus' name. So the pressing need of a religious man here is that he is in need of a Savior. And Nicodemus, being a ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night. Now, Nicodemus came to Jesus personally. Although he could have sent one of his assistants, he wanted to examine Jesus for himself to separate fact from rumor. He wasn't interested in what people had to say. He wanted to meet Jesus personally. He wanted to hear for himself. You know, so many times we listen to what the world has to say to us. And we allow the world to dictate to us what we're doing. But church, we need to step back and listen to Jesus. We need to hear what Jesus has to say. You know, I always hear on the news, It's all I've heard this week, we got to hear the science, we got to listen to the science, we got to do what the science says. But I say, well, when did we stop listening to Jesus? When did we stop doing what Jesus said to do? All of a sudden, now we got to listen to the science and we got to obey the science. Well, Jesus is science. I mean, who created the science? Jesus. Who created the world? Jesus. Who better to listen to than Jesus? And so we see here that Nicodemus, he, he's, he's, he's trying to understand things. Perhaps he was afraid of what, was, what his peers and the other Pharisees would say if they saw him visit Jesus during the daytime. So this, he goes to Jesus at night. You know, so many people want to let the world know they're Christians, but we only want to do it on our terms. It's kind of like we want to go to Jesus by night. We want to worship Jesus on Sunday and we want, to, we want to give Jesus glory and honor and praise. But once we step outside of the church walls or outside of the church, then all of a sudden we clam up. We don't want people to know we're secret Christians. And see, Nicodemus, he wanted more. You see, he is a seeking religious man who is lost he's afraid of public opinion so he speaks to the savior a lot of people go to church Sunday morning as i said and during the week but they never tell a co-worker they never tell a friend they never even tell their neighbor that they're a believer in jesus christ well that's personal your religious status is a personal status People don't need to know that stuff. Of course they do. People are watching us. People are looking at what we're doing. They see how we're responding to things. People know who you are. And the enemy just loves for us to be quiet. You don't want to tell anybody. You don't want to get the backlash of the community. You don't want people to scoff at you. So it's better that you just kind of Quiet, and you can go see Jesus on Sunday. I like to visit Jesus every day. I love for the world to know about Jesus every day. I love when I can go to work and they say, oh, how was your weekend? It was blessed. Jesus was all over the place. And it's great that I can go to work on Tuesday, and they say, oh, how was your evening? It was great. Jesus was all over the place. I'm glad that I can profess that Jesus is my Savior and that I live for him. He's not living for me. Amen. I, I want to live for Jesus. I want people to know who I am. Miracles by the master caught his attention. This is how he knew who Jesus was. What did he say in, in verse 2? He says, Rabbi, We know that thou art a teacher that comes from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Isn't that awesome that he has been checking Jesus out all along? This wasn't his first encounter. He's already seen Jesus performing miracles. And he wants to personally get to know this Jesus who's doing these miracles. You know, when we see miracles happen, what do we do? We give Jesus glory, right? We we thank the Lord. We we praise God when we see the miracles happen. But what about when the miracles don't happen? Do we still praise the Lord? Of course we do. Of course we do. We we lift up the Savior. You see, Nicodemus, a seeker, has he, he learns that religious. And his religion cannot save him. Church religion can't save us. Nicodemus would learn a very important lesson that the night that he met with Jesus, he was going to know two things. One, that there was only one way to salvation. And two, eternal life comes from new birth. Nicodemus is going to learn this because the Savior is going to demonstrate to him. Nicodemus will have to shift his opinion about how to be saved. You see, Nicodemus was all about good works. He was all about being kind and doing nice things for others. And that, that was going to give him in the sight of God and, and, and earn him a place or a spot in heaven. But that's not how it works. Salvation cannot be inherited. We see that in verses 3 through 4. Nicodemus grapples with the thought of new birth. How can a man who, who is born... Be born when he is old? He's asking a question here. What could this man Jesus be thinking? I'm gonna be born when I'm old? How is that I'm supposed to be shrink up and shrivel up and get back into my mother's womb and be born again? He's, he's picturing his size. Now, back in that Old Testament day, men weren't entering into the tent when women had children. Men knew women were pregnant, but when women were delivered, only women were in the tent. Men weren't in there. But you know what? Nicodemus knew that when a woman had a baby, that baby was what? Small. It was small. And now Jesus is telling him, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he's thinking, wait a minute. Now, how is this possible? He, he, he can't wrap his mind around what Jesus is saying. Again, the logic didn't add up for him. I'm sure he knew what it meant for a woman to have a child, and I'm sure he knew where children came from, but he couldn't understand how he could be born again. Surely he might have thought, well, I must, be, I must have to die And be reincarnated and go back into the womb and be born again. So I'd have to be born twice before I could get into heaven. Well, that'd be a terrible thought, wouldn't it? To be born again and have to be raised up a second time? I don't know. The first time was kind of rough. I don't know that I'm willing to go for round number two. By that time, the food will have all changed. We'll probably be eating some kind of space food or something like that something I won't like or something you stick in a little pouch in the oven and poof, it turns into some full-blown meal. It probably tastes like plastic. Not that good old pot roast in the pot with the little steamer going off with the with the potatoes and the carrots and, and the gravy that goes on top along with some cornbread on the side, maybe perhaps, with a big piece of Lemon meringue pie for dessert. Anybody got hungry yet? Yes. Woo! Get out the vittles. You see, many think eternal life comes through family ties. They have been born into a respected family, a family who... Uh, maybe has been grounded in the church but they perhaps don't go families who have strong grandparents or great-grandparents who have been raised in the church and 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 they're all you always hear they're praying for you and so you just automatically think this is going to get you into heaven because they're praying for you they have to be taught the basics or they've been taught the basics of the Bible. You know, a lot of people say, I know the man upstairs. Who is that? Who is the man upstairs? I always, I love asking that. When people talk to me about the man upstairs, that's an open invitation. That is an open invitation for me. Well, you know, you gotta pray to the man upstairs. Well, who is that man you're praying to up there? I love to ask the question well you know no I don't know who is it well, you know the man upstairs you mean Jesus hallelujah you're praying to Jesus is oh, that who's up there people people know there's a God okay people know there's a God because when they when they go to when they when they get in trouble or they have an issue, or trials and tribulations come their way, what is the first thing they do? They call upon somebody who they know goes to church, and they say, can you pray for me? Now, my sister, me and my sister, we have our bouts. You know, we go back and forth. And she'll say, brother, I need you to pray for me. I said, what, your prayers aren't working today? She said, what do you mean? I said, you can't pray? I said, you, your prayers are just as effective as my prayers are. We're praying to the same Jesus. We're praying to the same God. So you just go to the Lord in prayer. Yeah, but you're in the church. You know, you know more how to do it. I said, I do. You mean there, there is a way that we're supposed to pray? You mean I, You mean your, your situation is different, so I got to pray differently. How is that? She'll say, now, why do you give me a hard time? Just pray. And I say, you just pray. You know what your need is. Give it to the Lord. Just just talk to him like you're talking to me. I said, because he can hear you. I said, but just know this. He already knows about it. Oh, well, then I don't have to pray about it. I said, but of course you do. But why? I said, because he wants you to talk to him. You see, it's all about the relationship that we have with Jesus. And that's what I try to get people to understand. Your prayer is a relationship with the Lord. It's talking to him. Nicodemus is wanting to have a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is trying to get him to understand something. Look, it all, we all work together. We're, we're, we're all good here. Jesus begins to unravel the mystery. How does he do that? He said, that which is born of the flesh, what? Is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is Spirit. So Jesus begins to unravel the mystery to Nicodemus so he can understand. You see, salvation comes through a new birth. The new birth transcends religious opinion. This should not surprise us, but somehow we're always surprised. Jesus told Nicodemus that he shouldn't marvel at it. Sometimes I think we as born again, christians and believers sometimes i think we get bogged down with the nitty-gritty of the bible we get bogged down with some of the the terms and we try to make them oh i was talking to Sharon about the son. we try to make it um legalistic we try to make the bible legalistic and the bible is not legalistic the bible is very simplistic the bible is very clear what jesus said is what jesus meant And what he meant, he said, and why did he say it? So that we could grow, so that we could have that personal relationship with him. He didn't make it very hard. Okay, now you got to go this way and that way, and you got to do this and that. You got to hop over that and jump over this and, you know, and start spitting out this and and screaming about that, and then you'll be saved. Didn't work like that. Jesus said, all you have to do is simply call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Nicodemus, having a religious background has nothing to do with salvation. As a matter of fact, you might say that we have a religious background and that doesn't make us saved. We could say we know everything we know about the Bible, but that doesn't make you saved. You could know from A to Z, you can know from the, from the very first word to the very last word in the Bible and it doesn't make you saved unless you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, some people can tell you the Word of God. I I know people who are unsaved, and they know the Bible front and back. And I'm thinking, how can you know all of this wonderful knowledge? I mean, I've met people. They can quote the Scriptures, and they're not saved. And I'm like, how could you have all this wonderful knowledge and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ? How could you know all of this stuff and not have that relationship with Him? But people do. People have that. People go to church all over the world every day. Every Sunday, every Wednesday night, maybe every Saturday, whenever it is they go. And they can go week after week after week after week, hear the word of God over and over and over and over again, and not have a relationship with Jesus. Never be saved. I think I might have shared a story like this some time ago. When we were in a church in Ocala, Virginia knows what I'm talking about. And there was a, an, an older gentleman there. His name was Augie. And his wife's name was Stella. And they always sat in the back. Older couple, we were there, what, 12 years or whatever? And they were there every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Whenever they had revival, they were in every service. Without fail, every service. And I remember the day he died, and I was talking to his wife Stella. Beautiful, beautiful lady. Loved the Lord with all of her heart. And I remember saying to her, Well, he's in a much better place. No more suffering, you know, no pain. And you know what she said? I wish I could believe that. They were married 62 years. He went to her. He went to church with her for 62 years. And never asked the Lord to be his savior. How do you go week after week after week, revival after revival, reading the word of God over and over and not accept Jesus as your Savior. Church people do it. It's up to us to to be the Nicodemus, to go to Jesus and to talk to Jesus and to bring people around to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nicodemus was a religious man, but nevertheless, he in fact was lost. And he must shift his confidence from works to grace. Let me give you an example. A lot of people think they have to do charitable deeds for people, and doing so, they may feel that they are racking up points with God. to be in his good graces. But the truth is, we don't have to work for our salvation. Our salvation is a free gift from God. You don't have to do things to try to earn your way to heaven. You just have to simply accept Jesus Christ as your savior. It's that simple. But yet people try to make it so hard. I get devotionals once in a while on my phone. And I read them to my family once in a while because they are quite challenging. But let me say this. Salvation is not hard. It's very simple. It's very easy. It's a free gift. You see, salvation has its roots in God's eternal plan. Eternal life has been God's plan from the beginning of time. The Savior, Jesus, fulfills the Old Testament prophecies. The New Testament is is in the old, concealed. The Old Testament, there was a separation that only the priests could make an atonement for your sins. But praise God, now that we're living in New Testament times and the, the, the veil has been rent, guess what? We don't have that separation from God anymore. We don't have that separation from Jesus anymore. You see, Moses and the serpent pictured Jesus on the cross. And the death and resurrection of Christ, what? Picture salvation. Nicodemus had to be saved by faith alone. Your religion cannot atone for you. So when we trust Christ today, guess what? We're making him our own. We're making Jesus our own. We're making Jesus our everything because we trust in him. Amen? Amen? What did he do? When his blood was shed on the cross, it was shed for every single one of us. That blood that was spilled, that covers I know people say, oh, Pastor, that's so gross when you talk about the blood covering us. But it is. The blood covers us. And I am so thankful. And if blood grosses you out, I'm sorry. But his blood is precious. And that precious blood atoned for your sins. I tell you, that, that ought to excite you. That ought to make you happy. Because knowing that Jesus did all of this, he paid this ultimate price so that we could be born again. And to think all you have to simply say is Jesus Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, Lord Jesus. Make my heart white as snow. And when you do that, you get a sense of freedom that you've never had before. Why? Because it's that precious blood. Again, it's that precious blood that atoned for our sins. They cleansed us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but when I read that the, in the Word where my life was just a, it's like a filthy rag, it just, it just humbles you. People don't like to hear about their sins. Do you ever notice that? You ever talk to somebody about, you know, I don't think you should be doing that. i, I tell you what, let me give you another example. <laughs> I struggled last week. I had, You know, my, my message last week, I, I, I had a rough time with it during the week. And I, it was a guy at work, and he says, uh, "Hey, I want to, I, I need some money." And I'm like, "Well, you're hitting up the wrong tree here, pal. <laughs> I need some money." <laughs> and he's like, "No, really, really, I, I, I need some." He says, uh, "I'll tell you what," he says, uh, "If you can give me some cash, I'll buy you some food." I'm like, well, "How's that gonna help me?" Well. Long story short is, I guess he has a, a card that you can get food with. And so he needed cash. So, and, and so I had said, okay, I'll swap you out, basically. And, you know, I was, this was in the middle of studying last week, my message. And I was going and I said, whoa, hold on. I, I stopped the car right in the middle of the road. You ever had people honk at you when you stop your car? You're not supposed to stop in the middle of the road. You pull over and stop. But I stopped in the road. And I said, wait a minute. There's something wrong with this picture. This, is, this isn't even right. But you know, it's just the Holy Spirit talks to you that quick. And so I, I pull over. and So I call the guy. I said, look, I'm not going to meet you. He's like, okay. You know, sometimes the enemy, he tries to trip you up. He tries to get you to do things that aren't necessarily on the up and up. But you see, we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit every single day. So that when those things come, you know that it's wrong. You know that you can stop And so I cleaned, I I got my mind all straightened out and prayed. and, And it's amazing how quick the word came then. You see, the enemy would love nothing more to see you fail. And he would love nothing even more than to see the world, let the world see you fail. A lot of pastors have failed, they have stumbled, they're just men. They're just men. And I try to get people to understand that. I'm just a mere mortal man in need of a Savior. And sometimes we go through trials and tribulations. It's true. The Word of God says so. I know that when, when, when going through this with Virginia, I, I'm like, and, and her emptying her heart out to me, I'm like, well, where is she coming from? She knows better than this. But it was the enemy trying to get me to see something different. Not from her, but from my own thinking. And so I had to shake that off. I said, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it doesn't work like that. You see, Nicodemus had a struggle. Nicodemus' struggle was he didn't want the world to see him coming to Jesus. And see, a lot of times, the world doesn't want the people in it to see, the enemy doesn't want the, the, the world to see you coming to Jesus. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. But we have to go to Jesus. We have to trust his word. We have to trust everything about him. And when you begin to trust everything about the Lord Jesus, that precious blood then begins to atone It begins to wash over you, and it begins to refine you. And then you become the man and woman God has created you to be because you simply stepped out in faith and trusted him. Sure, we're all going to stumble. I don't want to claim that into your life or speak that into your life, but yes, we stumble, but we have Jesus to go back to. We have Jesus who's waiting there to pick us up, brush us off and move us on. Kind of like what we do with little children when they fall and scrape their knee, right? You wipe off the dirt and you kiss the boo-boo and you poop poop get them on their way. Any parent ever done that in here? Nah. I remember when Chelsea would get one tiny, teeny, tiny scratch. You thought somebody tried to kill that child. The way she would scream out. <laughs> Boys, they scrape up their knees. It's like nothing ever happened. They just go on their way. They weren't they were going to be tough. Church, we have to be tough. Because we live in a world today where the enemy is more alive now than he's ever been before. More active now than we probably have ever seen. And he would love nothing more than to see the body of Christ fold up, dry up, and go away. Church, we have to start taking a stand for Jesus. Don't go to Jesus by night. Go to Jesus every single day. Every opportunity you have, go to him. Talk to him. Pray for others. Help others see their way to the cross. That's what we're here to do. That's what our goal is. That's what our function is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world To condemn the world, but the world thought him, through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth is not condemned already because he hath not believed in the, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is, you see, Jesus came to bring life. Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. You see, as you continue to read on in John there, from John chapter 16 down to verse 21, you see what Jesus is talking about. See, Jesus was made manifest. His deeds were made manifest. And they're made manifest in our own lives. Jesus loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to us. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, that we have you. Lord, I thank you that we can speak your name And great things will happen. Lord, I thank you this morning that that we can read about a man who was in need of a Savior. Father, we are a humble people in need of a Savior this morning. We need you. And we need you to have your way in our life. Lord, we need things to be according to your will. And Lord, I know this morning that these that are here love you with all of their heart. They know what it is to sense that you have given your life, that your blood has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Your blood that was shed on Calvary for each one of us this morning. We can give thanks for that. But this morning, Lord, we live in a world that needs a Savior. Lord, help our life reflect you. Let everything about us Reflect the need of a Savior. And Lord, we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise for these things that we ask this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.